0: Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I'm super excited to introduce my special guest, Joe Davis. Joe is an incredible entrepreneur, yes, mentor, author, public speaker, international artist, photographer, skydiver, and Lift a Sister Up founder. She is also a mom and a dear friend of mine. Welcome Joe. I'm thrilled that you've joined me today to talk about a really important part of parenting.
1: Thank you, Sue. It's an honor to be here. It's a, it's a it's a privilege, it's a pleasure, and I'm really excited to to share some things with with all of your listeners.
0: Awesome. Joe, I know you have a beautiful story about a proud mom moment that you've shared with me, and I think it's such a powerful story to share with our listeners. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your this moment basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm i an intuitive, I'm an empath, I'm a, a sensitive um, individual and I have been all my life um, and I knew obviously having that connection, being wired to be sensitive, I knew what to look for and I thought I was this very enlightened conscious parent. Um, and and engaging, especially with my, my youngest son. And I, I, I really thought I had it together. I really thought I was on top of this, this game that I was um, connected, you know, and I knew my kids and I, and I find it interesting as we're always evolving. So our kids. So when this particular situation arose, I thought, you know what, I'm the best person for this job. I'm going to show up for my kiddo. I'm going to see it coming before it comes and I'm going to be ready. And I was really um, a little bit blindsided. Um, what actually happened was I went to pick up my youngest son at school for lunch to trade off the car because he's now 16. <laughs> we know how that is. He's now 16 and he's like, when do I get the car? When do I get the car? I'm like, no worries. I'll come pick you up for lunch and we'll trade off the car. You can drop me off at the house. Well, leaving the school and coming around the corner, we saw this car. And it had literally been smashed completely down the middle. It looked like it had hit the tree. Um, I instantly knew whoever was in that car did not survive. There was no way. It's the middle of the day. I didn't quite understand how this could happen. I knew a lot of kids left for lunch at school. My heart sunk. My stomach started doing that that flipping thing that it does. And I said, oh, goodness, that's not going to be good. And, you know, Zach's in the car with me, so he sees this. My youngest son sees this. And I'm like, oh, I hope they're okay. You know, it's your instinct to say that you want to comfort, you want to, it's it's going to be okay. You want to sugarcoat things. So we get home, you know, a day goes by and we find out that it was a young man from his school who was racing to get back to class and lost control of the car, hit the street.
0: You're gone. You you just cut out. You just cut out completely. Uh, Can you hear me at all? You were gone in the middle of your sentence. Oh, okay, hold on. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to fix this. Yeah, there's, there's it must not be a strong, strong uh, connection. There's something going on. All right, I'm going to move over here right
1: next to the router. I'm so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> These oh, we're going to get through this. We're going to get it before this is so so strange okay
0: and i so, can tell you you've left because your name disappears like you have fallen off when you're talking
1: planet. That is so, so it strange. says
0: talking you know at the top sue to or joe and then it says talking, talking and no no one's there
1: <laughs> like where'd she go uh, okay um, okay so i'm going to pick up with we found out later that this this young yeah. man
0: it paused for a moment
1: okay So, of course, in the days to follow, they had scheduled a memorial, um, a candle lighting ceremony outside of the school for all the friends. And this was a young man that my son didn't know personally. He wasn't in any of the classes. He wasn't connected to him. And of course, I'm sitting back observing, being mindful, you know, having definitely this, this space available to him. How are you doing? How are you feeling about this? The door is open. Anything he can say to me, I'm, I'm receiving with love and just showing up repeatedly over the next few days. So they have this candlelighting vigil, and I'm thinking he's not going to go. And at the last minute, he comes up the stairs and he says, Mom, I'm going to the candlelighting, you know, ceremony. I'll I'll be back later. And I said, and I was stunned that he was going. And I said, Okay, are you are there friends there? Do you have support? Are are your people gonna be there? Oh yeah, my friends will be there, blah, blah, blah. And he was just showing up to participate not understanding what he was walking into as an impact, not understanding what he was walking into all of those people, all of that energy, all of that sadness that, that he might have sticking to him and filling him. And so a little bit of time went by and I hear the car door shut outside. I hear the front door shut. I hear this like heavy, strange breathing and he's coming, running up the stairs and he can hardly breathe. He's sobbing so hard. Like, I could cry just like remembering this and he grabs me and he won't let go and he's sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I just, you know, that moment where you understand what it is to hold space for someone where your energy isn't in the mix, your emotions, your fears as a parent, you kind of put those aside and you're present for this soul, for this individual, for this young man. And I just held him for a solid 10 minutes. He sobbed and he finally calmed down and i said come sit with me you know talk to me talk to me it's okay talk to me and he said all i can see is his face he -hmm. said all i can see is his face every time i passed him in the hallway you know every time you know i saw him in the lunchroom every every time i passed him by his locker i didn't even know who he was but i can't get his face out of my head and I wanted to really relate, you know, relay this story to other parents because we think that things that are happening around our children, because they're not directly linked to our children, aren't affecting our children. And they are. And that's why so many schools, when there's a tragedy set up counselors and, and, and these different things, you know, dogs that come in, um, therapy dogs. And because we don't realize just because it's not one of our children's friends or a relative, that they're not going to feel all that because you know such a high percentage of our of our kids are highly sensitive, and we sort of poo-poo it and say things like, "Oh, they're just you know it's it's attention-seeking behavior or it's drama or you know this isn't a conversation that comes up in my household any longer." You know, I, I've been really practicing being mindful and conscious and um, open to their emotions, to our children's emotions, because they belong to them and they are what they are. And we're here for support. We're here as a guide. But I look at this and I think how powerful this event was on a child that had nothing to do with like completely on the outside, not a friend of a friend just so he walked to this, you know, he went into this candle vigil and basically absorbed all the sadness and all the grief from everyone around him, and was carrying that and did not know what to do with it. And so I I think the story is important for for other parents to hear simply because if we're always open to what our our children are feeling, even if it seems inappropriate or it doesn't, it seems um, out of sorts or, Oh, that doesn't fit. You didn't even know this person being open to the fact that especially sensitive children, highly empathic sensitive children are going to feel things at a much more deeper, you know, deeply rooted, powerful level. Um, And I hope that makes sense how I'm explaining that. But, um, that moment of holding him was a proud mom moment for me, Sue, because I stepped into a space of love and zero judgment and just held him. I it, just it, held him and let him be. And it, your story not only makes sense, but it's
0: it's in terms of how you describe how we need to show up for our children. But the moment you described holding him so tight and the relationship to what it means and how you understood what holding space for someone else really Mm -hmm. is is it was moving for me i mean i had Mm -hmm. chills as you were describing this and i think one of the important things that we all need to keep in mind even if your child is not highly sensitive not an empath is that children are unique and wherever they are on the spectrum of sensitivity or on the spectrum if we could call it or the continuum of being empathetic or or and you know an intuitive or whatever it is they might be they all handle every situation manage every situation are affected by every situation in their own unique way and so what if we show up to our children open open hearted and holding space for them no matter what their feelings are, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to follow no them. No judgment. Right? No the judgment. Shop. Follow them in whatever they're feeling on any particular day. And I had a situation that occurred last evening with one of my children, no names mentioned. And um, she she was venting about someone who she had shared how she felt about a situation that was in their realm, without getting too deep into the story, um, and was hoping that that person would hear her and at least try to hold space, if not take a step further and understand what she was feeling. And she was shut down abruptly in the middle of her venting, we'll call it sharing, sharing her emotions, sharing her feelings, and told just to get along. And she called me immediately and was just very upset that she wasn't heard. And so that story comes back to me today as you're sharing, because our children need to be seen as, you know, this beautiful spirits that they are. They need to be heard in a way that serves them, right? Right. And your story about your son is, is a powerful experience that he, sadly, had to Move through sadly. I mean, tragedy.
1: And there's yeah, and, a lot and, of
0: this that takes place I, in our world.
1: I thought about that, Sue, and I thought, <clears throat> boy, if I would have showed up like the old me, because I'm a work in progress, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm learning as I go, just like all of us as parents. If I would have showed up in my old costume, in my old, you know, the, the mom I was taught to be by my parents, I would have showed up with all of my fears and I would have wanted to fix it, fix it, fix it. And I, and I would have showed up with all of my stuff and it would have, you know, really dominated the energy in that space. And, and it wouldn't have allowed for him to have the feelings he needed to feel and for him to work through them. Because I, I really believe this Sue And I've learned so much from you. I really do believe that our children show up with everything they need. Mm. And, and we, we oftentimes get in the way with our fears and our judgments and are trying to mold them. And, you know, that moment for me, I, you know, when he ran to me, I wanted to lose it. And instead I had to say to myself very consciously, this isn't about you, mom, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. isn't about you. This is about this person, this, this little soul that's hurting, put your fears to the side and just let him feel what he needs to feel.
0: It's beautiful and, and so well said. I mean, the validation of one's feelings, it couldn't be more important that those feelings are their feelings and we're not here to judge, change, fix, alter, you know, send them down a different path, but to accept what's in front of us and validate that these are their feelings, good, bad, or ugly, these are their feelings and they're entitled. And, and I agree with you. They come into this world with everything they need. We have to step aside for sure and allow them to grow just in the way that they, it's been roadmapped for them, we'll say, and allow them the space to do
1: that. Agreed.
0: It's so So, hard. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard. For all the
1: parents out there, I'm telling you, this is, it is one of the hardest things I've ever learned to sit back in a space of love and always be available and always be like checking in and showing up and I'm visible and I'm right here. And I'm setting aside time for you and one-on-one and, you know, these little practices that sort of accumulate and what that equals, you know, those little choices every day to not be a helicopter mom, to not be a control freak, to not try and protect them from everything and all things. And they might be allergic to peanuts and, you know, whatever ridiculous fears we have, you know, Friday, they weren't allergic to peanuts, but Monday they might be, I mean, moms, we go nuts over these things, but to, to, to make the shift to sit back and go, they're going to be okay. I have to rise to the occasion for them. Exactly. Um, that's been a big lesson for me. And I, I really, I attribute a great deal of that to influence from you. So oh, it's, you're so it's, sweet. it's funny because I, I am engaged with so many different women and women's groups and mom's group. And I'm like, you guys look into getting a parent, parent coach, reach out to my friend, Sue. She's so phenomenal. I think that as parents, we have this fear of being seen as a bad parent. And that's why people don't reach out. And I'm just here to give you all permission to know that none of us know what we're doing (laughs) and it's okay. Right.
0: Right. There's no manual for your exact child. (laughs) Believe me, when I was raising my kids, even now, and they're, you know, young adults, I wish there were a manual, but there is no manual on the child in front of you. Mm -mm. There's a million books you can read until you're stir crazy. And that's not helpful either. This is the hardest job there is. And so taking a step back and really taking clues and cues from our children and Mm -hmm. watching our children with curiosity, observing what's going on with them. What are they like? What do they need? How can I show up for them? The hard part is our conditioning comes into play. And Mm -hmm. so we have to separate. And you've done the work, Joe, to separate what is your conditioning from your childhood and what are your choices in showing up for your children now. And that takes a lot of hard work and inner focus and shedding those layers of the conditioning that have taken place because it's not an overnight job. It's Mm -hmm. day in and day out, being aware, being thoughtful, checking in and moving through the ups and downs of the transformation. Right.
1: And I also think coming at it from an inquisitive curious space like like I try to put myself in a childlike space when I'm interacting with, with my sons, my stepdaughter, and I, I try to watch them like it's dinner and a show. Like what are they showing up to teach me? What button what buttons are they gonna push today that I need to work on? And I and I'm just kind of sitting back, taking it all in and it's it becomes a much lighter, less aggressive space. It becomes more of an adventure right. instead of this like it doesn't have to be like hell. <laughs> Right. And it's not 15 it years.
0: It's Can not a personal attack either. No. You know, I think the biggest uh, Pam Leo has a great quote and hopefully I get this one right <laughs> that when we have a child is forever to wear our heart on our sleeve. And so that's that means that when our hearts on our sleeve we're taking on all the emotions that our children are experiencing. So, you know, in your particular story, if you took on your son's emotions, You would have needed somebody, a third party, to hold space for both of you, or maybe even a fourth party, too. And so you have to serve that higher good. You do. And step back and know that these are not your emotions because actually we do a disservice to our children when we actually take their emotions on as our own. And they're just trying to move through their own emotions, and yet we're emotional as well. So it's really separating yourself from them and knowing that we're just here to be there as their guides and their ushers, not to take everything personally and take it on. And I love how you describe it as dinner and a show. That's the first time I've heard that.
1: <laughs> it's beautiful. And that's, and that's, you know, being in the seat of the soul. That's being a witness of your awareness. And you're just watching this thing unfold. And it's like, what will this next chapter be? I mean, it can really be an adventure, the relationship we have with our children. And it doesn't have to be a battle. And it doesn't have to be a battle unless we make it a battle because we make it about us. It doesn't right. have anything to do with us. There's nothing about us in being a mom. It's M-O-M. It's not, you know, M-E or, you know what I mean? It's not I-I-I. It's, you know, it's just, it's just another role and we're a character in their story and their character in ours. And we honor and respect that space for each other. And it can be a very um, curious, positive adventure. And I think that you know, when we talk about it, yeah, it's absolutely work, but it's the work that I need to do about me. I don't need to be doing the work of my child. I need to do my own work. And as long as I do my own work, he'll be fine. Right.
0: Exactly. Wow. You, you, the way you have summarized it is so beautiful. What, um, so as you move forward, I'm curious from this story, I'm always curious and curious is one of my favorite words. Those that know me know that I <laughs> utilize it daily. But I'm curious what, from this story, is your lesson to take forward? If you could summarize just a few lessons that you learned from this particular occasion for our listeners and for yourself, perhaps, what, what would those few lessons be?
1: Um, I think it's important to celebrate as a mom, to celebrate our little successes, um, and to, once again, practice shutting down that inner chatter in our head, that voice. That beats us up, you know, and we we've had it our whole lives. That that egoic, we're not good enough. We're not doing enough. We're not, you know, just just continuing to put ourselves in a space of you know being in the light and being in a in a you know, I'm enough, and I'm showing up with what I got, and I'm gonna do the best I can, and I'm gonna sleep easy at night, and constantly reminding myself that I'm on a on a separate path than my child. Where right now we're intersecting paths. And we're, we're trying to exercise that relationship and, and that interaction with grace and ease. And we're trying to um, be respectful and loving of each other and kind and honest. But this is a very precious time that, that we're intersecting each other's paths. And it's just another reminder that moments to moments are precious. So when I look at it that way. When something really like I'm I'm like looking at him going Who are you? Like you're like he had a testosterone boost or something, and I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's like in a rage or he's angry, and I have to sit back and go, Okay, even this moment is precious. Even this moment is precious. Even though it's it might feel hurtful or it might be like you know um, uncomfortable, even that uncomfortableness is precious because you know, as a parent, we, we don't get them underneath of our roof forever. And, you know, exercising um, compassion and being, you know, mindful of our words and mindful of our reaction and not getting all entangled in their stuff um, on a daily basis. It's just such a reminder that there's ups and downs. There's ebb, It's the ebb and flow, but it's all precious. This life is precious. This moment is precious. And being present in each of those moments, even the icky ones, Um, it's very precious.
0: What a beautiful story, lesson, just sharing of how to be conscious and mindful of raising children in today's world. And you, you are just the epitome of that and consciousness is a continuum. We're not, arriving at consciousness and it's all over here we are you know it's a day-to-day practice a moment to moment practice and some days are better than others so I think one of the important things also is to be gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. and to know that you're showing up as best you can each and every day for the journey and it is a journey right it's a journey yeah absolutely (laughs) <laughs> I want to correct myself in that it was not uh, Pam Leo, but Elizabeth Stone, who said, making the decision to have a child, it is momentous. It is to decide forever to have your heart go walking around outside your body. Mm-hmm. So something to think about. And as your heart is outside of your body, make sure to protect it. And, and your child in the sense that their heart and their pains are not your pains, but theirs. And so we respectfully hold space for their pain and their frustration and all of their emotions as a parent, guiding and ushering them through life, but they're not our pains to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. So, Joe, it's just been an absolute pleasure having you here on this episode, and I wonder if there's any parting words of wisdom or maybe you want to share where our listeners can find out more about you and your incredible work.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely. I I would just say to all the moms out there, don't hold on so tight. Your kids are amazing. They're made of star stuff and we have a lot to learn from them. And um, as far as reaching out to me or finding me, my um, forte, the thing that I'm the most passionate about right now is I'm teaching a course called Big Mess to Big Magic, which all of us as moms and and parents are a big mess and that's okay, (laughs) we can all celebrate it together. And moving to big magic is really about, you know, tapping into that inner compass, that divine intuition, that thing that tells us what's the thing to do next, that thing that guides us and um, the nudges and the whispers. And um, in tapping into that, it really helps us to be better parents, Um, absolutely, and not not just have this reactive state all the time, but be in a place where, you know, there's something bigger out, there's something bigger going on, and it's not necessarily all about us. Um, there's something bigger going on that we're a part of and um, there's such peace and joy living in that that magical space of divine guidance and that consciousness so yeah they can find me if you pull up on Facebook the fastest way to find me is type in lift a sister up and you're welcome to reach out to me connect with me there questions about courses or any of the other work that I'm doing but um, Sue thank you so much for having me on
0: Uh, It's been a pleasure. It's always joyful to talk with you in any way that we do. (laughs) And we do. Thank you. To the listeners, thank you for joining us. And remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend.